You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Hi, I'm Kent Hunter, the Church Doctor, here to share with you some disturbing and challenging and oh, exciting news about where you are as a Christian and where your church can go. Welcome to this podcast. Our title is Unsettled World. What would Jesus do? What will you do? How are you handling life these days? Have you ever noticed your level of commitment is being challenged lately? Think about this. It's not just now, and it's not just you. And it's not just me, or has there always been this level of unrest in our world? You know, there are some challenging realities you probably already know about. Think about Ukraine and Russia. You know, I've been to Kiev and Ukraine, and also I spoke at a seminary in Odessa in Ukraine. And I've also been to Russia five times. It was during the season of openness in the Soviet Union. Young Christians had been released from jail, those that were incarcerated for being Christians, being evangelists, sharing the good news of Jesus. They were out and they were excited. I can remember visiting a number of older Christians as well in Russia, and uh, they they had well-worn Bibles in the Russian language, of course, and as we spoke to them in various groups around the country, some of these older people would bring us their Bible and ask them to sign their Bible in the front cover. Uh, inside cover. And and I, I at first I said to my translator, I said, hey, you got to tell these people, I didn't write this book. I've written some books, but not this one. And, and, and my guide said, you know, don't worry about it. It is a Russian custom among Christians that when they meet another Christian that is excited about the faith, they asked them to sign the inside cover of their Bible. And so I did. (laughs) It was different and unique. And in my travels all over the world, I've never run into that custom anywhere else. Maybe it's somewhere, but I haven't haven't seen it. I I remember well having the opportunity to preach in one of the new Christians uh, built by uh, uh, one of these people that came out of prison for their faith. A young guy and uh, some other young people got together, rented a a former theater, and uh, it was in Nizhny Novgorod. And what you need to know about the city of Nizhny Novgorod, it is a renamed city for the old city of Gorky. And that city, for many years, was the center for the incontinental ballistic missiles that were aimed at places like America. 
very interesting place. And yet, in that church, which was fairly new, in that theater, there were just wall-to-wall young people. It was just packed. And then after the service, they asked us in our group of Americans to, with interpreters, pray for anyone who would like to come forward for prayer. And I, I think we did that for probably an hour after the service. I know I was exhausted, and so were my colleagues from the U.S., Or what about moving on to a place like China? I've been to China, too. I've walked on the Great Wall of China in Beijing. I've stood in Tiananmen Square, some of those famous places. But what do you think now about all the tensions, the veiled threats? Is it the worldview of the masses in China? or the ambitions of the political leaders. Let's turn our attention to the West, Europe, and the U.S. Think about England. Do you think of the United Kingdom as a mostly secular nation? (laughs) Well, yes and no. For over 20 years excluding two COVID years, Church Doctor Ministries has taken groups to England. Why? Because there's an amazing resurgence of the Christian faith, especially within segments of the Church of England. The British political leadership has been challenged recently, as you have seen on television or heard on radio or read in some news magazine. They've had two leaders of their government that have resigned in the last couple years. The pressures in the UK are so great. Meanwhile, the church, the Church of England, has been transforming itself. And that's why we take people there, to see what is coming next here, because it usually does. You see, what's going on in England is a signal. It's it's a lesson to consider for church leaders, any Christian in America or elsewhere. You see, the Church of England has, for centuries, been a hierarchy of entrenched bureaucracy. If that sounds familiar to you about some of the denominations in America, just hold on, we'll get there. But the Church of England has been a model of corporate gridlock in a political religious structure. And, yep, that's like many denominations in the U.S., and it's been that way for decades. Yet, in England, Here and there, and growing rapidly, there have been leaders of British churches that have refreshed a biblically mission-directed movement. And when that kind of stuff throughout history has happened in England, it's a sign and a symbol that it's probably coming here next and probably has already started. 
These churches in England have reinvented the British church from traditional gridlock to become a movement, that word is movement, that resembles the New Testament church. And you see, that's why we take people to England. In 10 days, we travel throughout the UK. We meet with the leaders of this cutting-edge movement, these cutting-edge churches. These churches are more biblical, less political, more mission-minded, and God is blessing them. It is a phenomenal movement. It's better experienced than just hearing about it. The people we take, it challenges their socks off, and they are infused with something that they can share when they come back to America. And that's why we take them. You see, these churches are impacting much of the Church of England as an organization as well. And the Church of England is literally, in a spiritual way, reinventing itself. Reinventing itself for effective outreach. And the result is many unchurched people in the UK are meeting the living Jesus. The Church of England is becoming less like a political hierarchy and more like a movement, just like the churches of the New Testament. Wrap your head around that. And the same movement, even though it's not very visible yet, has begun in the United States. It is just about, I'd say, 15 to 20 years behind England here in North America, but it is coming, and it has already started. Let's look at it from 2,000 feet. Our unsettled world is producing massive receptivity, not only in England, but here in the U.S. and around the world. This is a great time to reach out to unchurched people. And there are more churches that are just growing and exploding than many people know, especially those people in churches that sort of plateau or are declining. And these other churches, these growing churches, are reaching the unchurched and those who are de-churched those who have fallen away from the faith. Think about when God chose to send Jesus. Of course, Jesus would be born in Israel. There's really no contest there. It had been predicted for centuries. That was the promise of God. No surprise there. But the real question is, why then? Why at that time? Israel was an occupied country, occupied by the feared pagan Romans. And the Roman soldiers were nasty people. They crucified people. Think about it. What if your country was overtaken by another country like China or 
like Russia. How would that affect your day-to-day life? How would you feel about life? How would you understand the world and see the new way the world, your world, was working? I can tell you this. If you were not a person of faith, you would have a high level of receptivity. You see, if it wasn't for the Roman occupation, Christianity very likely would not have spread so rapidly. God knows what he's doing, and his timing is always perfect. However, there's another issue that has implications for the Christian faith movement today. Many of the Jews, when Jesus was born, were stuck in old-time religion. It wasn't unlikely for a lot of Jews to talk about the way we've always done it. They were roadblocked to the Savior. They spent centuries praying would come. How ironic is that? You see, Jesus didn't fit their religious mold of structure. So many of the Jews rejected him. Some said, he can't be the real deal. (laughs) And then there was the Apostle Paul. Paul was an exception. Well, not at first. Paul persecuted the people who followed Jesus, even to the point of death. Yeah, Paul was a murderer. He sanctioned the death of Christ followers. Do you ever wonder, why was Paul so vicious? These followers of Jesus threatened the old-time religion that Paul was committed to. The way we've always done it. Paul was filled with what some might call righteous indignation. His problem? He was focused on the style, not the substance, of Christianity. You see, God was doing a new thing in Jesus. Jesus' ministry style and message went beyond the old-time religion. Thankfully, eventually, Paul met the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. You know the story. And Paul was transformed from the style of the way we've always done it to the substance of faith in Jesus, presented in a way, in a form that made sense to the people the Lord was reaching. Now look, if you really love Jesus and you are passionate about reaching others for Christ, and would like them to experience what you have in your heart. If you want your faith to impact your unchurched neighbor, if you want Christianity to become a a much greater force to reduce the violence you see on the evening newscast, if you want the faith of the Bible to flourish in your city, in your country, among your children and your grandchildren. Then, 
you must come to terms with the monumental difference between form and substance. You must distinguish between the absolute truth of the Bible and the worn-out containers that must be refreshed in every generation. You must demolish the styles that make the eternal substance of Christianity look old and out of date. You must demolish those old styles first in your mind, then in your heart, then in your life, and then in your church. I'm going to say that again. You must demolish those old styles first in your mind, then in your heart, then in your life, and then, and only then, in your church. You must reframe the absolute truth about Jesus into vehicles that clearly represent every truth of Scripture without compromise. You must let Jesus out of the religion box that is old and out of date and a roadblock to so many people. If you want to experience the power of Christianity, you will remove the out-of-date barriers that are part of the form, the form of religion. You will leave behind the old, worn-out Christian buildings. You will abandon words like thee and thou that placed Jesus in a century long gone. The words and styles that represent the living Jesus become a relic of the past if we refuse to change. You will allow Jesus to be real in the way you dress, the songs you sing, the instruments you use for worship, and the building where you are. Jesus is as relevant as today's news feed. So you will quit playing church of yesterday, or yesteryear, or yester century, and become the church of now, the church of today, the church of Jesus, the living Jesus today. Don't you get it? Jesus showed up in the flesh on purpose, for purpose. His father wanted to make a statement. He wanted everyone to know that he's real, he's alive, he's powerful, and he's relevant. In the flesh, Jesus was incarnate, is the word they use. Incarnate. It's a word that means Jesus is living meat, as in chili con carne, chili with meat. Jesus is the real deal. He's alive. He's well. He's here. He's now just like you and me. Yet, at the same time, he is God in the flesh. He is the real deal. He is relevant to now. Which begs the question, 
Why would any believer, why would any church, why would any denomination ever want to present Jesus as a relic from a former century? Why would anybody do that? Let's talk politics. One of the major roadblocks to faith is the political form of many churches and denominations. God's way is not the way of politics. God's way is a way of prayer and discernment based on Scripture. Unfortunately, God's way has been replaced in so many churches and so many denominations by something ridiculously called majority rule, called by people who say that Jesus rules and then operate by majority rule, by votes. And when that occurs, God doesn't rule and we're in trouble. And so many Christians are shackled by Robert's rules of order instead of being empowered by the word of Scripture. Come on. Isn't it obvious? You go into churches and you find Christians are nominated and elected to ministry functions? This approach is totally foreign to the biblical gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in Scripture. And the church changes from the living body of Christ, and it becomes just another organization. Yet, in Scripture, the church is never an organization. The church is a living organism, the body of Christ, the sheep of the shepherd, the living temple of living stones. Look, you should know this. There is a new, fresh movement of faith, right from Scripture, in concert with the first century, in tone and fervor. While many denominations are stuck in outdated forms and political gridlock, many Christian followers are sharing the whole Bible and telling the world about Jesus in ways that are relevant, in ways that are powerful. And I tell you this, God is on the move. As that television commercial claims, Jesus gets us. He always has. He always will. If we get him. And when you remove that old, stale, out-of-date vehicles of communication, the worn-out styles that roadblock the good news about Jesus, when that happens, the love of God impacts people for eternity, and you will become part of a holy revolution called the move of God. 
Don't roadblock the faith because you cling to worn out old school vehicles of communication. Think about this. Pray about this. Don't forget this. Jesus is as relevant as today's online newsfeed. If this message has made sense to you, if this talk has challenged you or inspired you to live your faith at a whole new level, then share it with others. Tell other people about this message. For God's sake, move the movement. God bless you. You have been listening to Kent Tundra's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, An Apple a Day, A Daily Dose for Everyday Faith, available from churchdoctor.org and amazon.com.